0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lemunian, the Spitfire coach here to bring you another fiery action-packed lessons, tools, all that jazz. Today, we are talking to Madeline Schwartz and she is sharing her secret sauce for introverts who want to network with Gusto. I don't know if it's Gusto, but I'm gonna say it's Gusto. We are talking about a new survey that she conducted about some insights that you may not know about introverts. We are uh, diving in because all introverts are not the same, believe it or not. Uh, I can't wait any longer. So Madeline, come on board, tell the people a little bit about you.
1: Hello. So I help introverts and quiet leaders speak up and I help organizations articulate their vision and lead their teams. And I like to think of my job like cooking. So I give people a recipe to take all of the ideas in their head and put them together in a way that makes sense and tastes good to other people. So let's
0: dive right in. What inspired you to, uh, to put this survey out?
1: Well, I have talked to so many people over the last year about how they are communicating and how they're networking during the pandemic. And I just find it so fascinating that it really runs the spectrum from people who are avoiding networking like the plague because they don't wanna do it virtually. They think Zoom is not going to work and can't imagine how they would meet other people or make valuable connections during this time. And, And then on the other side of the spectrum, there are people who might have had a lot of anxiety about going out to events and meeting people in person and think This is great that they can network from home wearing their slippers. So um, that was what gave me the impetus to do a survey. I was also doing a workshop for the Producers Guild of America on this topic and wanted to collect some data ahead of time.
0: Awesome. So what did you find?
1: Well, um, one of the really surprising things is that it's almost a 50-50 split about people preferring networking in person versus on Zoom. So of the people who answered, 51% prefer in person and 49% preferred Zoom. And I was pretty surprised by that. And the other thing that I found as far as the breakdown of what people's biggest challenges are um, networking during this time, 30% have what I would call a conversation problem. So they are getting tripped up with what to say, how to introduce themselves, how to start conversations, how to keep conversations going. And then 46% of people have what I would call a mindset problem. So for them, their biggest challenge is convincing themselves to network it off or feeling like networking is annoying and contrived. They're worried about coming off as transactional and they might have social anxiety, feel really nervous and
0: underconfident about their ability to engage in networking. So that's interesting because the mindset problem may actually lead into a conversation problem but they haven't even left left their situation to engage to find out if there's other underlying issues.
1: Yeah, and I think mindset is so key. It's a big part of what I focus on when I'm working with clients on public speaking or any other area of communication because I can give people all the tools in the world but if they don't change how they're thinking about communication and whether it's something that they fear and they're avoiding, not much else is going to change or their progress is going to be really slow. So I think that is always a key
0: part of the puzzle. So what do you find as the major blockers in mindset?
1: I think there, there are a couple different things. So one is feeling underconfident. So that could come from having imposter thoughts, not believing that their story or their experience is valuable and thus they want to hide in a crowd instead of put themselves forward. And, and then I think, you know, particularly for introverts, it can feel like a big energy drain to go out and talk to other people but i also think you know in many of those cases if they just change how they are how they're thinking about it it might not feel so draining so for instance like a couple of the really interesting responses on the survey that people someone said they they weren't comfortable with cold calls or outreach to people that they don't know And what I think is beautiful about networking is if you build up your network, you never will have to make another cold call (laughs) again because you can meet people organically and then have a community of people to lean on when when you need help. And another person talked about feeling really exhausted when they have to talk to someone for more than 30 to 40 minutes at a time. And again, I just think that's a mindset block in thinking about networking in a really limiting way because if you find the right group and the right format that works for you, you're not gonna have to spend 30 to 40 minutes talking to the same
0: person. In fact, I would recommend that you not do that at an event. Definitely. And I'm I'm wondering if people saw networking as something they could partner with rather than seeing it as this evil goblin that's coming to get them, what that would look like.
1: Yeah. Well, I got so fascinated by the responses from the survey and how many mind blocks people have about it and how negative they might see this activity. And you know, I had been to events back pre-pandemic when there are events in person, and I remember one event where someone described networking as a dirty word. And I couldn't couldn't relate to that at all, but I looked up how the dictionary defines networking and Merriam-Webster defines networking as the exchange of information or services among individuals, groups, or institutions specifically the cultivation of productive relationships for employment or business. And it's such a transactional view of Mm -hmm. networking that I can really see why people don't want to do it if that's how they're thinking about it. It doesn't sound fun. (laughs) And I can see how they get stuck in the mindset of, I'm using people or I'm being used if that's Mm. how they're thinking about it. And so one of the first things that we can do is redefine how we think of networking, because I think of it as an opportunity to meet interesting people and make new friends. Mm -hmm. And when I set an intention that I'm going to meet interesting people at every event I go to, it never fails that I meet interesting people. I might eat some bad cheese. I might have awkward small talk. I might listen to a less than scintillating panel. But if my goal is to meet interesting people, like those are just part of the experience. They're not something to fear. They make for great stories later. And again, like I've never gone to an event with that intention and not come away with at least one interesting new connection.
0: So I got to ask, who is the most interesting, and you don't have to give, give them a name, but what is the most interesting description of a person that you've met out networking?
1: Wow, I have met so many, so many wonderful people in different, in different areas. Um, There's one organization that I am a very active member of called Elevate Network, and at Mm -hmm. the first event that I went to, I met the co-founders of an ad agency called Fancy, which is an all-women's ad agency, and they were just about to publish a survey about how advertising portrays women over 40 and I was looking to meet people in the creative space and we became friends and they later became clients and I helped them write their first conference talk. And um, they, I have so much respect for what they are doing, what their agency stands for and how they are redefining the face of advertising and talking about um, taboo topics like women's health and sexual
0: empowerment. I can't wait for the day when that's not taboo anymore. (laughs) So we're talking about mindset, we're talking about, let's go to the conversation problem. So Mm -hmm. we've showed up, we're on our Zoom room, or let's imagine that we're in a post pandemic world and we're out eating bad cheese, not from a communal platter, but maybe we have our own to go box. Um, What would you say to someone who is just like, I don't know what to say to people. I have no idea how to approach people. I am awkward.
1: Yeah, I think it can be as easy as going up to someone and saying, hi, my name's Madeline. <laughs> Is it that easy? We overthink these things. As far as starting the conversation, yes. It can be that easy to start a conversation. As far as being able to continue the conversation and not get stuck in dead-end small talk, having a few really good questions in your pocket can be really helpful. So instead of following the script, what do you do? You can ask people, what drew you to this event? Mm-hmm. What's a new hobby that you picked up during the pandemic? You know, at, you want to ask questions that spur conversation and don't be afraid to share something personal about yourself because mm-hmm. if you're just repeating what's on your resume, you might miss on all of the professional topics. But if you share something personal, like I was doing this um, a a networking exercise when I was teaching a workshop to a group of researchers and they learned so many interesting things about each other like one competes in (laughs) Ironman competition and they didn't know that about each other. So when you share that one little tidbit, about yourself personally, it it really increases the likelihood that you are going to connect with that person. And once you connect on a human to human level, then you might swing back around eventually to professional topics and they might have an aunt who can help you with whatever it is that you're looking for. But I would focus first on connecting with people and using your curiosity Mm. and so i think this is a place where introverts have a competitive advantage like your quiet and introspective nature can be you can use that to your advantage if you really tap into listening skills and paying attention to other people instead of spending all of your time thinking about what to say next
0: And also people love talking about themselves and they think you're so thoughtful (laughs) by listening to all of their, all of their stories about their cats. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I was listening uh, or I'm listening slash reading to sell as human by Daniel Pink. And they were talking about, and you mentioned it about why you shouldn't ask people what they do. Do you have any insight on that?
1: Well, yeah. What What I think of, especially right now, is you might run into a lot of people who don't have a job Mm -hmm. right now. So it can be really limiting to ask people what they do, because they might be networking because they're on a path to redefining what they do and moving toward the next thing they do. And I think of Simon Sinek's talk about when people ask you, what do you do? What they really want to know is why you do Mm -hmm. what you do. So I think, you know, sharing what you're passionate about as opposed to what your job title is, is a far more interesting way to connect with people. And then also when you are having conversations with people who might not like what they do, there are Mm. so many other interesting topics (laughs) that you could be talking about besides where they happen to be employed.
0: Yeah, and I think that brings it back to the transactional approach because then you get that feeling of, you want to know who I work for, what I do, what I can give you, what leverage I have, what status I have. And in DC, this is like, you could sniff these people out at a networking event because they're just like looking for the business cards of who's who's going to give the deal. And it was always the lobbyists. <laughs> so it would be like, steer clear. <laughs> yeah. So, we want to move away from transactional into a human perspective. We have started the conversation in saying, hello, my name is, what, and obviously like we want to know what people are passionate about, but I think that might be a bit of a leap of like, hi, my name is Lauren, what are you passionate about? Um, so what's a good bridge to get to that, that question or that area of topic?
1: I think just asking people what drew them to this particular event can be an easy place to start.
0: That's a great question because someone could be, you know, with a friend being their emotional support networker, or they may be interested in the topic or they may have no idea where they're there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And it's, you're not going to go too deep there necessarily. It's not too personal. So that really can just be the bridge to a more,
0: um, to a deeper conversation. Right. So there's also the after conversation because you can be an excellent networker, but if you are making these connections and then they're just sitting in a pile on your desk, these business cards, or you've got all these names, what do you suggest for your clients as a form of follow-up or or engaging the, the relationship after the initial introduction?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always connect with people on LinkedIn and i I think what's important for people and something that I work on with clients is that you want to be clear on what your next step is. And so whenever people say, well, of course I'm going to a networking event because I want people to hire me. I think that puts a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. relationships or on trying to start a relationship Mm -hmm. with a person. And you may come off as a little bit forced and transactional, if that's what your goal is. But if instead you think about what do you want them to remember about you? Mm. And then the next step can be, let's connect on LinkedIn. Then you're, you're starting a conversation that has ongoing steps um, and can go from there. And so right now, especially since you're meeting, most people are networking virtually right now, I think taking the next steps can be easier because instead of collecting business cards, you can exchange LinkedIn profiles and connect with them. And so the first thing that I would say is however you're connecting with people, remind them where you met. So when I meet people at an event and we connect on LinkedIn, I always say, oh, it was great chatting at this event, because it makes it easier to go back through your connections, your LinkedIn messages, or whatever platform you might want to do this, or if you're emailing people, then you can go back and see, this is where I met this person, and that can help you follow up. And... If you feel a genuine connection, I would suggest a short coffee meeting with them, a virtual coffee where you can talk a little bit more and show up again with genuine curiosity. Just what what can you learn about this person? How can you connect? How can you be helpful to them and further their relationship? So I always say like finding a new job, sales, um, new professional opportunities, those those might be byproducts of networking, but they shouldn't be the goal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're not the primary. <laughs> so if you aren't someone who like, if you have been hiding out this pandemic, if you're like zero in the networking, or you've only done it once or twice, where should people go to look for opportunities? I would, there are a couple of things
1: that I would do like one if you were part of any groups before the pandemic, I would check in on what those groups are doing now because the communities that I was active in before the pandemic have transition to virtual events. And that's a great way to keep networking in a familiar environment where you're likely going to run into people that you know. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that already, what I would say is look on Eventbrite. Look for topics that interest you or look on Meetup for groups that interest you and go to a couple of those events be willing to try them out be willing to experiment go more than once and find look for an event that suits you like not all networking has to be with cocktails in hand and not all networking needs to happen at seven o'clock in the morning or at 5:30 p.m you know look for something that suits your schedule and suits your personality so for instance, when we were in person, I once went to a BNI meeting, the the networking groups that meet at seven o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. and I'm just not an early morning person. Mm. That was not my <laughs> ideal time of day to meet new people. So I decided this is not going to be the group for me because I can't imagine ever feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm at my best and want to. Um, meet, meet new people at that time of day.
0: Definitely. Have you heard of Lunch Club? I have heard of Lunch Club. I have recently been getting into Lunch Club, and uh, I, I did a, uh, an episode a couple back about how to make friends as an adult, and I suggested Lunch Club, but I, I, I'm curious what your experience with it's been.
1: So I have only met a couple of people on Lunch Club. I haven't fully or even close to fully utilized lunch club. I have found that for my schedule now, going to events where I can meet multiple people at the same time, like still in smaller groups, Mm -hmm. um, where they do breakout rooms where it feels safer for an introvert to strike up conversations. Um, But I have stuck to communities that I'm already part of. But something you said about how to make adults as a friend, it makes me think of taking improv classes. Mm. And that, you know, prior to the pandemic, I um, had taken improv classes and the teacher talked about how improv is a great way to make friends as an adult, which I would agree with. And I've also done some really fun improv classes during, during the pandemic. And I think anything that brings in a sense of play where there's Mm -hmm. a sense of purpose to the networking, um, you know, and and that can be playful, like an improv class or a yoga class, or it can be a a panel or a discussion where where there's a topic um, and a reason to be there besides meeting people can really ease some of the awkwardness because you have this common point of connection. Awesome, so we've got
0: purpose, we have play, We have personalization. We probably have some other P words that are in there, but I think there's lots of good networking nuggets from start to finish of the mindset, setting your intention, how to show up and introduce yourself, how to get to know somebody, how to connect with them later on, um, and where to find people. Because I think that this has become a bit of a lost art. And it's such a critical piece of whether you're a business owner or you're looking for a job or you're in a job and you're looking to meet smart, interesting people. I think this is really awesome. I do
1: think it's become a bit of a lost art. Uh, The New York Times published an article a few months ago about how social skills can atrophy in adults over this prolonged period of isolation. So it is so important to build in opportunities for human conversation. And it also fulfills this need. And it's been interesting to read a bunch of articles in the last two weeks about how introverts are doing one year into the pandemic. And that for, for many, this period of prolonged forced social isolation has increase their desire to
0: socialize oh so we might have more ambiverts then
1: (laughs) yeah or you know introverts like introverts as you said at the beginning aren't all the same so i describe myself as a friendly introvert i like meeting new people i just prefer to do it in smaller groups and quiet spaces
0: I can appreciate that. Honestly, you will have better conversations with smaller groups and less people. You will have less of the small talk about the weather and politics or sports. You're actually going to have interesting (laughs) conversations. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I was thinking about one person who I had a conversation with and she was saying what made her nervous about networking virtually is the breakout rooms and that forced that forced situation of introducing Mm. yourself and the way I reframe that for her is think about breakout rooms like elevators. So if you're standing in an elevator with other people and no one's talking, it feels so incredibly awkward. Right, It's just that painful experience and people often take out their phones to try to avoid that awkward social experience of being in an elevator with multiple people and no one's talking. But if you just dare to break that silence Mm -hmm. and start up a conversation, especially if you're in an elevator with people coming from the same event, you can start a conversation by saying, what did you think of the event? What brought you to this event? That is your best opportunity for smaller conversations as an introvert. And so I always tell people like, don't don't take out your phone until you've left the building. Like be present. I have met incredible connections. Some of like a really close friend is someone who I met in an elevator oh. leaving, yeah, leaving an event. And we've collaborated on workshops together. <laughs> like, there, and so many things have come out of that relationship because we talk to each other at the elevator and so i think of breakout rooms just like an elevator you just need to break the silence and start the conversation so if you go into a breakout room and there are five people and they're all sitting there silently and you're all staring at each other wondering what to say just start with hi i'm madeline
0: (laughs) (laughs) even when your name's not madeline (laughs) (laughs) well maybe, maybe tell them your own name So true. So true. Well, this has been such a, a highly concentrated like nuggets and tools and like actionable steps for people. And, and if, if people want to work with you, if they're like, yes, this is great. I got my game plan. I still can't get past the mindset. What should they do? How can they get in touch with you?
1: They can connect with me on LinkedIn they can, um, find me at my website, which is Madeline And I can share the secret sauce of changing how you think about communication forever, forever,
0: for everyone or forever, <laughs> for everyone, forever. <laughs> I did say forever. <laughs> okay. I was like, for everyone, forever. <laughs> I'm just like upping the ante. <laughs> it can be for everyone. <laughs> it can. Well, this has been great. We're going to put the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your your tips and your steps and, and letting me uh, pick your brain and, uh, and put it all out there. And for all the Spitfires out there, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, everything in between, you guys keep being awesome.